Hi everyone, welcome to an interview with Julie, the founder of Nudge, and she is in batch one of the Parallax Accelerator. Right now they are in the product discovery and design phase and working with our BA and our design team to find out what the product's all about and get a clear view for their MVP. Um, Julie, how has the process gone so far? Uh, what were your impressions of the Parallel Accelerator and have they been confirmed in these early days? Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Um, my impressions on Parallax Accelerator um, have been great so far. So let's give you, you know, the other world view first. Um, yeah. And then a few, few details. Um, first impressions was actually to Igor, so who is Parallax CTO. Uh, mm -hmm. I contacted him on, on LinkedIn to get, you know, a few information about the accelerator. And what he told me first was that I didn't have the right profile for, for the accelerator. So that was my first impression. Wow. <laughs> um, but then he said, you know, let's have a call. You never know. Uh, maybe I can help you in any other way. Um, so I had a call with Igor and I found that he was a very on point very concise and also a very good listener. You know, he didn't didn't interrupt me once and he was really just trying to understand the need and see if that could fit. Um, and so at the end of that call, he said, well, you know what? Actually, your product isn't that bad. Uh, maybe you can apply. So that was my first impression. <laughs> cool. So um, remembering kind of back to when you first saw the website or first heard about us, um, what made you decide to apply to this project? To, to the accelerator? There is the rational reason and there is the real reason why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rational one, well, I did my research, you know, like everybody, um, I checked the companies that Paralek had been working with. Uh, I checked the products, how complex they were. I called a few uh, clients to get feedback. And then I saw two videos on social media. And one of them was uh, what you called Paralek plus one interview. You know, when you get a new employee and then you want to introduce them to the team. So yeah. I, I saw that one and that was an interview of the new business analyst that you've got. Mm -hmm. And I found that she was, she was very smart. She was very passionate, you know, about the job and she was funny and she really wanted to be there. And I thought if Paralek manages to attract this type of profile, uh, it means the company culture must be great. You know, there, there is a reason why uh, employees are dedicated. So that's what the first hit. And then I saw another one about um, Dimitri. Mm -hmm. So that was like a kind of internal uh, team meeting with everyone. Um, and I was convinced by the way he talked to the team. Like he, he didn't talk that much. He barely gave any orders. He just let the team run the show. You know, he just trusted them to do what they, what they needed to do. And I thought if he has that level of confidence in the team, it means the team must really be good. So that's why okay. I was really convinced. <laughs> that's that's great to hear. Yeah, we try and uh, make all those things true, not just in social media, but within the office as well. So your product, uh, Nudge, is meant to reshape the way that people network after leaving university, and that can be immediately after university or years down the road. When did you decide to build this product in the first place, and what inspired this idea? It was about eight or nine years ago, so it's been a while. Um, yeah. And it, it wasn't even initially for um, college students and, and alumni. The, the idea has evolved quite a bit, but there are two things that haven't changed. And I think that's really the core of Nudge. 
um, what is, I wanted to build a product to help people follow their dreams. Um, at the time I was a student and I found it very difficult to find the right information, the right advice, you know, the right knowledge to do what you want to do. Um, so I went to ask my parents and they said, you want to start a business, it's too risky, don't do it. And then I went to talk to um, uh, somebody who wanted to employ me and he said basically that uh, I shouldn't do it because otherwise I would enjoy their company. So how do you find, you know, people uh, who really help you uh, follow your dreams? Um, so that's one thing that was from the start in the app. Um, and the second thing is that idea that I wanted people to, to give first, to get into that, that habit of giving before they ask for something. Uh, and that's why you have this paying it forward system in Nudge where you need to help someone before you ask for help. Um, and the reason for that, it's not only that, you know, the world is nicer when uh, people help each other. It's also that if you look at the studies, they show that you're actually happier when you help than when you ask for help. So it's, it's just a selfish thing, actually. You're making yourself happier. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how it is in France, but uh, as a professional just traveling around the world and changing careers several times, um, it's kind of hard to find mentorship when you need to make those kind of bigger decisions, where to work, uh, what field to go into next, if you need to pivot out of what you're doing and find something new. Um, so, yeah, Nudge sounds great for that and probably for other reasons as well. Um, have you done any other accelerators or startup incubator programs before? So I joined that program called um, Startup School by Y Combinator. Mm -hmm. I did that last year. Uh, and that's basically a global program that's eight weeks and that's free for anyone. So any it's targeted towards funders, but anyone can join really. Um, and I find that to be really useful. Um, it's all free resources. So what you get is three things. You have uh, pre-recorded uh, videos, like conferences from um, uh, successful founders. And basically they teach you like, basics about founding a company. So how to talk to users to get good feedback, um, how to pitch, uh, how to launch, how to raise money. Um, so all these great videos. And you also have articles um, that are more specific, for example, how to build a pitch deck. And this specific article, for example, it's been recommended to me like three times by three founders who've all raised several millions each, you know? So it's really like the kind of reference uh, resource for founders. Um, so you get that. And second thing is you have um, a weekly one-hour group session with other founders. So they basically match you with people who are in similar time zones so that you can brainstorm um, and use them as a, a sounding board. Uh, and that was super useful as well because you they're not friends, so they're unbiased somehow, you know? Uh, right. And they, yeah, yeah. right. And they need real feedback and you give them real feedback. So I found that to be pretty useful as well. Um, and that's actually how I found my first backend developer, like based on a recommendation on, of uh, one of these guys. So, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the system that Y Combinator has built is amazing and effective and successful. Yeah, um, but it's great to hear that that you even found that much value in their free program because I've looked at it before, I've even considered going through it myself just to have a better understanding uh, for when I write or when I interact with our target audience, um, what their experiences are with uh, 
diving into their idea, trying to make a better pitch deck, all of those early stage decisions that have to be made. That's so funny, pretty pragmatic, you know, they give you like very practical advice and they also give you discounts on products that most startups need, like um, AWS credits or uh, yeah. like discounts on Stripe or on, on Microsoft for startups. So they really try to cover all angles uh, to help early stage startups. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you said you've been working with this idea or you've had this idea for eight years already. Uh, wh what major challenges have you faced in that time trying to build the product and bring it to market? And how have you managed to overcome them? Or how do you think you will overcome them together with us in, in the Accelerator program? For me, the main challenge has been to, to find a technical team who could deliver uh, what I needed in terms of standards. Uh, also because the product is um, a B2B2C market, which means that the payer is a company. So they are used to standards of big companies, not of startups. Um, so you really need to have a product that doesn't have too many bugs the first time you try it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the challenge for me is that my, my background is business. Um, so my network is also among business people. So it's very difficult to find um, a technical co-founder or developers when you don't have that network. And also when you don't have uh, the skills to assess their, their competencies. So even if someone is recommended to me, how do I know that this person uh, has the skills that they say they have? Um, so I made my biggest mistake probably looking for uh, a technical team. So in total, I spent, I think, about 16,000 US dollars to build a product that the team couldn't finish. And we uh. had to start from scratch. So I think that was one of the main challenges. Um, but thanks to Parallax, you know, basically the lesson for me is that if you keep looking for good profiles, eventually you'll find someone, you know, eventually you'll get lucky. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you landed with us. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you plan to raise investments with the MVP uh, that you build during the accelerator? Or do you plan to go to market and just start generating a, a revenue stream and bootstrap it? Um, those being the two most obvious routes for startups. Um, and what do you think your biggest challenges in, in that process will be? Mm -hmm. um, when I tried bootstrapping, that's where my $16,000 went, you know? <laughs> Um, so I realized that um, maybe because I don't have, a, you know, technical people within my close circle that can uh, just, you know, share uh, shares with me, shares in the company equity, and then build it for free, uh, I need professional services, and that has a cost. And then the logic behind, you know, raising money is just you have your revenue timeline, you have your cost timeline, uh, and you, if your costs are higher than your revenues, then you need to raise money. Um, so what is great with Parallax is that they formed your MVP. So at least you have enough money until you release your MVP. Uh, but after that, you still need money. So the challenge for me is that the first one is that you have this period of time between the end of your MVP and the moment your first clients pay. And because they're B2B clients, they don't always pay at first, you know? Yeah. Uh, so my personal objective is to reduce that time lapse. Um, and then for that, you know, you can uh, build the relationships with clients in advance. So I've been working on that for months and months. Uh, you can ask for letters of intent. So everything you can to try to reduce that time. But there's still a gap. Yeah. Um, 
And the, the second thing that is, um, that will be challenging, I think, is that I'm just back from Singapore where I left for four years and where I started my first company. So I built most of my network there. Um, mm -hmm. So now that I'm back in France, because my first target market is French, I need to rebuild that circle. Um, so not that I was 100% disconnected for these years, but still, uh, it takes time to build relationships with clients and with investors as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. And what's the uh, the startup scene in Paris like these days? I was there a couple of years ago for the uh, Viva Tech conference with a startup that I was working at here. So I just saw like the top of the mountain, you know, it was like the biggest uh, tech meetup in Europe, let alone in France. So it was all very hypey and it was sort of like a whirlwind. It was almost too much to take in at once. Uh, but being, fr being from there and living there, uh, what kind of support have you found and how's that process going? So that support has increased a lot over the past uh, four years. Um, and one of the reasons is that you've got this uh, French entrepreneur, Xavier Niel, who disrupted the telco markets. And he came mm. with an offer that was a lot cheaper than everybody else. And he made a lot of money. And with that money, he invested it in funding the biggest startup uh, accelerator in the world. So you've got this campus with a thousand startups next to each other, uh, where you have these 50 different startup programs that you can join. Um, and so this startup world has gained a lot of momentum in France. Uh, and in parallel with that, we got um, a president that started to increase all the subsidies for startups. So if you start a new company, you don't have to pay taxes for three years and then uh, you get subsidies so that you can eat and, and sleep under a roof for the first year and blah, blah, blah. Um, so this has improved a lot over the last year. That's great news. That's, yeah, that sounds like a great environment to launch a business in. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the product discovery phase that we're in right now. Um, what, what is most exciting about this? What have you learned so far in your interactions with the team? I was lucky. I've, I've been able to sit in on a few of the meetings and see how the process is going. It's, uh, it's very interesting um, for me. Uh, I hope it is for you as well. So what, what, what are your impressions? Um, it is super exciting also because it's the first batch of the accelerators. So I feel like we are really working as a team. You know, it's like, uh, of course, you're thing, su suggesting things as part of the program, but um, we're also bouncing back ideas and trying to find the best way. So I'm just thinking about uh, one of the, um, the challenge we had at the beginning is that we disagreed on um, which design team should be used. Uh, I already had my own designer, which I absolutely love. You have your own designer. So the question was, how do we make it work? Um, and I like the way we, we process, which was to, you know, discuss and try to find a compromise. Um, so eventually we decided that, all right, the parallel deal is that your MVP is going to be built within three to four months. It's guaranteed. So, of course, you need to be able to communicate easily with the whole team. And it's easier if the designer is in the office um, and you've worked together, you know, so it's easier. But... The compromise is that we are still starting with the screens that have been designed by my own designer. So it still looks like, you know, what I want to look. Um, and if after the three to four months MVP, um, I want to include again my own designer in the team, that will be no problem. So uh, I, I like that kind of debate, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, it's good. Nudge wants to reframe career networking with a pay it forward approach that is more effective, saves time, and provides a much more comfortable experience of networking. Um, why don't any other solutions on the market offer what you are? And sort of where did you see this need arise? Was it in France? Was it in Singapore? Or both? Okay, so. I start with your second one. Um, where I saw it arise was when I was at school, actually in business school, I was looking for my first internships. Uh, and contrary to most of my uh, peers, I didn't have a good network at all when I arrived. Um, it's not like my parents also went to the same school or anything like that. So I had to build everything from scratch. And my impression about networking was that it was super time consuming. Uh, most people did not even answer and the interaction, the experience was was terrible. Uh, every time I went to, you know, get more information about an internship and all, I felt like I had to sell myself so much, and I could feel that the other person was like, "Oh, somebody's trying to sell me something." So the experience was really uncomfortable. Uh, so that yeah. that's when I saw the need first, um, and that's what we're trying to solve with Nudge. So we make it faster to identify who you should talk to. Uh, we make it more effective because we have a point system where you need to help people before you ask for help. So as a result, people uh, people are incentivized to to keep helping because they need points to also get help. Um, and we also saw this uncomfortable, you know, situation where um, one person is like, okay, I'm being I'm selling myself, and the other one is like, I'm getting sold to. Because we know from start, we align the expectations on the fact that. This interaction is just to help you. It's not to help me because I'll be helped by somebody else. So that's the paid forward system. I help you mm -hmm. and you'll help somebody else who will help somebody else. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's how we solved it. And the reason why other people don't do it, other competitors, is that we don't serve the same market. Um, so all, our, all of our competitors, they chose to either serve the B2B market or the B2C market. Uh, mm -hmm. So you've got these competitors, the B2B ones, who basically serve um, universities and companies and they help them manage their community. So what they sell mm -hmm. is basically a, a management product to help you yeah. uh, manage your community easy. And then you've got these B2C companies who try to provide a super user-friendly you know, interface to solve their people issues, but they also need to really create engagement because these people need to be able to, to pay for this app because it's B2C. Um, yeah. So what we try to do is to align interests so that the B2B and the B2C, they join forces. So what we do is that the payer is going to be the, the B2B, the business. So it's either college, university, it can be a company as well. These have the financial power. They can afford the application. They also already have a trusted community. So compared to B2C, you don't have to create the community from scratch. It's already there. It's either your mm -hmm. alumni community or it's your, your network of employees. And then we add the user friendliness of B2C products. Uh, we have this matching algorithm where it's easy to use. It looks sleek. Uh, it creates engagement because we have this, this point system. So you're helping both and you have somebody who can pay at the end. Sounds like a win-win. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, and uh, you have been an entrepreneur before. You you built an HR agency. Um, so what gaps, is that where you sort of saw these gaps between leaving university and going into the workforce? 
And how's Nudge making this transition better, easier, more successful for the end user? I actually saw that before I launched the other companies, the other company, mm -hmm. but um, there are things that I had seen before that I saw again when I, when I launched that other company. And uh, it's linked to the generation of millennials, but not only. So you have this behavior that is shifting, but I saw that there's something that's more universal that's always been there um, and that is not addressed properly. And this is that, when you're a student, universities ask you to, to choose to specialize, you know, in, in one thing that you want to do. And even more when unemployment is higher, like during COVID, for example, they ask you to show consistency between all your work experiences. So you're forced at a very early age uh, to choose a job that you will do for at least 10 to 15 years, even if you can change after. Uh, but when you're a student, you can't do that yet. And the reason is that you only find a job that fulfills you when you know who you are. And you don't know who you are when you're 18. That's not true. Uh, and you sometimes don't even know when you're 45, right? So that's yeah. keeps evolving. But there yeah, is yeah. a correlation, right? Um, so what Nudge is trying to do is to help people find who they are. It's to give them options to explore, to contemplate you know, different paths, to talk to different people, to try to have a broader vision of what their options are. So, and, and not to specialize you know, in one path at the beginning uh, because that's not how they'd be happy at work. That sounds very interesting. Um, and it's a great answer. I, uh, I just, with the, with the way that uh, remote work has, has grown so much, I'm just trying to think like how, let's say I decided next month, I don't want to work in content marketing in, in Minsk anymore. I want to move to France and I, and I want to uh, work for a different company doing, say, direct sales or something like that. Would Nudge be something that I could come into as like a newcomer and sort of find my way and start trying to help people right away and find some uh, advice on entering the French labor market? Exactly. So that's exactly how it works. Um, if you're living in Minsk, it means that you've got knowledge, experience in Minsk, uh, in your current job, even if it's not the one that you like. But it means that's something that you can give to other people who would be interested in you know, coming to Minsk, Minsk or uh, doing your job. Mm -hmm. So you have this capital. And then what we're going to do is we're going to match you with someone who is qualified to help you move to France, uh, switch to sales or marketing, uh, so who's done what you want to do, basically. And you won't have to help that person back. You will help this other person who wants to come to Minsk. So that's how it works, ah. and that's how it helps you. Um, we show you all these options. We tell you, okay, you've got about 10 people who are qualified to help you. You've got people who are born in France. They know the French market very well. They can help you with that. Then we've got somebody who's from Belarus as well and who wants to move to, to France or has moved to France already. They can help you with that. And then we know someone who is working in administration and can talk to you about visa. So all these different type of people who give you all the information that you need to be able to switch. All right. That sounds fantastic. Um, and your first market is going to be France. Um, how, do you, how do you already envision uh, scaling Nudge outside of the French market? And what sort of challenges do you see, say, if you wanted to open up to the whole EU or 
go over and launch in the UK next, or maybe the US. Um, wh what's your vision there? Maybe it's too maybe it's too early to ask that question. <laughs> it's never too early to ask the question, but it can always evolve. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is that if you start with colleges, uh, universities in France, there are different types of institutions that we can target. So we're starting with French business schools, which is very niche, and then we'll go to French universities, which has a slightly different status. So we'll meet problems one by one. So we slowly extend and then we'll move to Europe and then we can move abroad. But as you said, Europe is easier first uh, because of European legislation. There are many mm -hmm. things, you know, that are shared. So it's easier to just transfer the concept uh, to another country. And I also have good network in Europe. So that's always, you know, one of the key uh, parameters. If you already know some clients there, just go there. <laughs> that's uh, the easiest somehow. Um, and then the next challenge will be how to make sure that culturally it's a good fit in every single country. How do we make mm -hmm. sure that we take into account you know, all uh, these parameters that are cultural? So we were talking, for example, with um, Pavel and, and, um, uh, and, and the designer the other day about emoji. Should we include many emojis on the app or not? And, and yeah. what I was saying is that if you go to Asia, yeah, let's you know, go crazy on emoji. They love it. But if you go to France, it's slightly less. So it, it's these type of things that you need to consider every time you move into um, a new country. Definitely. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Do you have any for me? Uh, why did you join Parallax Accelerator? <laughs> why did I join Parallax Accelerator? Well, I've been working with Parallax for two and a half years now. Um, and the accelerator is just another way that we are changing into more of a venture studio or a startup studio. Um, and it's also a way to grow our community. And I'm a big believer in content plus community. It's not just about um, the blog posts and SEO rankings. It's about having a bigger and more engaged group of founders and hopefully Hopefully in the future, the investor group will also, network will also increase, and along with our strong engineering background. So that is the, the whole community that we want to bring together and build through the accelerators is one of the avenues for that. So that's why I'm here. And it's been great fun to meet all the founders. And um, we're planning to do a live webinar with you and the founder of Visca. I've already done one interview with him. Um, so I think at the end of the discovery and design phase, we will sort of publish a short update about what we've made with both of your apps. Um, sort of the mock-ups, the scope and vision for the MVP of each. And then we can do a live webinar with both of you and talk about what you learned in the first phase of the accelerator and what you're excited about for the development. Great. I'm sure we'll have a lot right. of learnings. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Julie, for coming on today. I know you have a lot of things on your plate. So have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you again soon. You too. Talk to you soon. <laughs>